All right. Good evening and welcome. It is a podcast, the day after Independence Day edition. And as usual, I am Wayne. And I'm Steve. Welcome, welcome. Welcome, welcome. So how was your week, my friend? And how was your Independence Day? Oh, my week was nice and slow, not too bad. Um, uh, my my tooth is healed up. Cool. Got that over with, and um, it's been hot as hell around Indianapolis. Uh, Independence Day was just a normal day. You know, I don't suffer from uh, celebration paralysis, <laughs> so it was just another day for uh, Lynn and myself. Uh, we just kind of hung out, watched some TV, watched a few movies. Yep. I always have to watch Independence Day on Independence Day, the movie. Yep, yep. And and then listen to some of our crazy neighbors shoot off fireworks for uh, the rest of the night. That's about it. Yeah. How about yourself, man? Uh, pretty much the same here. Chilled. Uh, ordered some soul food from this uh, new joint that opened up, and uh, it was pretty good. It was Louisiana-style soul food, so... So had a little flair on on the traditional soul food thing and uh, watched a few movies. And then, like I said, we sat out on the deck till about, I guess, till about 10 o'clock uh, listening to fireworks. Some folks didn't get the memo that, uh, hey, it's midnight. Fireworks <laughs> should be over, right? They're still shooting out fireworks. So. It's officially but, uh, July the 5th. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, the fireworks are over. I mean, 11, 12 o'clock fireworks still going off. So. It was a chill, chill weekend. Uh, you know, I, I left work Wednesday and so I took off Thursday to just to get away from the office and whatnot. So but it was chilled, uh, still in quarantine, doing the quarantine thing. And, you know, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how things go. But uh, Corona is rearing its head again. So, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No yes, kidding. Sir. You know, one thing that I did, I'm going to go back for just a second, Wayne. Uh, one thing that I did do, and I probably started doing this a couple years ago and just didn't think about it, is that every 5th of July or the 4th or the 5th of July, I always read Frederick Douglass's speech Yes. yes. On, the, on the 4th. It was the uh, anniversary of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Yes. So I read that, you know, just to you know, refire those those ideas that, you know, everybody was expecting him to give a, a speech and he uh, he uh, spoke truth. You know, we you know, you're always talking about it. We're always talking about uh, got to be real. Mm-hmm. Well, on Frederick Douglass's speech on July 5th, 1852, it was real. Yep, yep. It was real. So I made a habit of starting reading that just to go back through it. And, um, you know, that's that. You know, I'm a slow reader anyway, so it took me a while. I had to go back and had to write down a couple words that say, hey, I don't know what that word is. <laughs> and so, so, uh, so let me, if I could, let me let me segue because sometimes we we go down a rabbit hole, and uh, we we have things planned, but then we segue because something comes up and it causes us to go another direction. So, you mentioned Frederick Douglass' speech. So, what is your view? Should we as black folks celebrate the Fourth of July? I just like your honest opinion on that. <laughs> Out of habit, yes. Uh, what Frederick Douglass said, and in my opinion, I think we should celebrate um, Independence Day simply because we're in one of the freest countries there is as far as, you know, the, the idea of being able to be what you can be. And in other places, you don't have that. 
You know, now the Declaration of Independence was not, was not um, looked upon by black folks, by Thomas Jefferson and the, uh, the committee or the founding fathers as, as a means of freedom. As a matter of fact, uh, I was just having a conversation with Alex today. He goes, did you hear about Thomas Jefferson wanting to write out slavery in the Declaration of Independence? In the first draft, he had told the uh, British that they should not have slavery. There should be no slavery whatsoever. And then, of course, that was an opening draft. And then, of course, he changed that. He took that part out of it about ending slavery in Britain and ending slavery in the colonies and so on. And so the reason that he had to take that out, because he was a slaveholder, okay, and he had inherited uh, money from his parents and had he had um, a big ass farm or a state that he had to maintain up in Virginia, you know, Monticello. Mm -hmm. And so he couldn't work it himself. So therefore that little part of the declaration of independence about ending uh, slavery was left out, you know? And and the other thing is that um, he stole, literally, he plagiarized John Locke's work. Uh, the English philosophers, because he used the same words as John Locke. And that is, you know, uh, everybody should have life, liberty and property should Mm -hmm. be life, liberty and property. And so Jefferson left that out because he knew that, you know, slaves were considered property and if they should be free and they were going to lose everything. So he substituted property and put in the pursuit of happy. The unalienable rights were life, liberty, and property. He took out property and added, you know, uh, the pursuit of happiness because even slaves could pursue happiness. So mm. as far as going, the, should we celebrate it? Yes. Okay. And now there's reasons to question why we should celebrate it. But yes, I feel we should celebrate it. But the document itself needs further scrutiny. And as far as slavery goes, those people should not celebrate it. As a matter of fact, Frederick Douglass's uh, speech on July the 5th, 1852, he basically said, we're not celebrating independence. You're celebrating independence. He even right. said, this is your nation. This right. is your country. This is all about you. It's not about me. I'm a, I'm a slave, an escaped slave. So you celebrate all you want, but we aren't going to celebrate it. And so, um, you know, to me, I think we should celebrate it. But on the other hand, why are we celebrating when we have such a long ways to go as far as you know, living up to the ideas of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution and so on. Right. So right. that's that's me. What what about you? No, I, I share some of your sentiment. 
Um, you know, we are citizens of this country. We we were born here in this country. Uh, you and I both. We've uh, we've served uh, in the armed forces of this country. So um, we have some allegiance to this country. And on that aspect alone, I I think, like you said, we we do enjoy a lot of freedoms and rights that if we were probably somewhere else, we wouldn't be, you know, living the type of life we are currently living. I don't think that would be afforded us. On the flip side, we've talked about this numerous times on, on the broadcast that America has not lived up to its creed. And, and a lot of the documents that were written by the founding fathers and other statesmen, uh, they didn't include us. Uh, they didn't include women. They didn't include Native Americans. And so, yes, I think we should because we are citizens. But I think uh, there needs to be some reflection. And now seems to be the time where everything is being reflected upon. And so if, if this is the time where those founding documents need to be reviewed, um, you know, maybe take a, a, a deeper uh, bit of introspection into what these documents actually mean and what does this country need to do to truly live up to its creed. I think that that is another aspect of it. So, again, I, it's, you know, everybody says if you if you ask uh, some black people, it's like, hey, our Independence Day was uh, June the 19th. You know, Juneteenth is our Independence Day. Right. Right. You know, Um, but I think, you know, we are citizens of this country. Uh, We live a good life. You, I, a lot of our friends, we we live a great life. We enjoy a lot of tremendous freedoms and rights that I don't think we'd be afforded if we lived anywhere else on the planet. So uh, in that regard, I say yes. Uh, But the country needs to live up to its creed. And now seems to be the time where uh, things are being examined, things are being talked about that probably wouldn't have been talked about several years ago. But there is a movement. And I'm hoping that from this movement, a lot of what we've talked about, there is some introspection and people take a look at, okay, what what does what does this country really need to do to live up to its creed? So uh, that that's that's where I leave it. Okay. All right, that was good, <clears throat> good opening there. So we'll we'll just move on from there, and this yeah. this we will we will debate this again and again and again, <laughs> and yeah. uh, well, I'm sure we'll come back to it. So absolutely, yeah. In the sense that we just left the uh, the weekend of Fourth uh, of July fell fell on Saturday yesterday. Yeah. Yep. So it's a good time that we can talk about that, and then maybe uh, sometime down down the road, we can go back and look at it. You know, uh, look at the entire document, look at some of the other documents that uh, America has uh, chosen to um, support and and uh, look at as a, a model for the world. So, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. My, my, my wife and I were talking. I think we, we got up yesterday and you know, she says, hey, does it what do you think about the fourth? And we, we, we had a little debate you know, about the fourth of July. And it segued into the fact, you know, what we just talked about, a lot of the documents that we learned about in school, the Constitution, uh, the Bill of Rights, Declaration of Independence, you know, the, you know all the things that uh, we learned that this is what America stands for. And as a kid growing up in high school, if, if, you know, I, I didn't read as in depth as I do, as I did once I got out into the world. 
And I started being exposed to other ideas. And you talk to different people who are like, hey, man, I need you to check this book out. Hey, have you read this book? And you start getting that like your eyes get open because you're like, wow, I didn't know that. And you start questioning things that for years and years and years you were taught this is the way it is. And so um, I, I, I look forward, man, to uh, to what's going to happen, to what's going to happen. We've said it many times. You know, the revolution is being televised. And it's happening. <laughs> it's happening right now. And uh, and I hope something comes of that, that America can truly take a look at itself and, and truly like if you, if you want to be great, you know, America, America's good. America's probably the best thing going on the planet. I'll, I'll say that. I think America has a lot of good things that are going on. Can we be better? Absolutely. And we need to live up to what we say we do. You know, uh, e pluribus unum, out of many, one. But we we want to we want to divide each other and pit ourselves against each other. And factions don't want people to live in peace together. You know, uh, bring us your tired, your poor, your huddled masses. Immigrants built this country, but now we don't want people in. You know, uh, we don't want to help people who are, you know, fighting for their lives and trying to flee oppression, et cetera. We don't want that. So what do we truly stand for? I think now we're at the crossroads and uh, I'm hoping that uh, change is coming, as Sam Cook yep. says. As Sam Cook says, a change is going to come. You change know? So is going to come. Change is going to come. So good, good dialogue. Very good dialogue. All right. All right. Uh, following that, uh, we have a few uh, sad notes here of, of yep. passings of some Americans uh, famous people. And the first guy we want to talk about is a probably one of the most influential people in television who just died this past week. And that is Carl Reiner. Yep. Carl Reiner. Um, very, very famous uh, TV show producer, comedian. Uh, movie director, um, just did everything. I was working up until just a few years ago, um, you know, making movies uh, and even using his voice in Toy Story 4, I'm yep. pretty sure. Yep. So what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts about Carl Reiner? Oh, wow. Uh, comedic legend, uh, all around legend as far as TV goes. Um, I, I think uh, you and I, we're from the same era. And uh, one of the shows I really loved to watch was Dick Van Dyke. And that, he not only starred in that show, he was an actor in that show, but he, he produced that show and, and brought it to the, you know, to the TV screen. And, uh, you know, things he did with um, he and Mel Brooks, you know, mm -hmm. another legend, uh, work they did together. Um, he appeared in some of the Ocean Ocean Eleven series. Ocean movies. Eleven and Ocean Twelve, Ocean yes. 11 flicks. He was in that. Just an all-around talent, man. And uh, it, it appears as though, you know, we're, we're losing a lot of these legends, you know. Um, and when, when one goes off the scene... You have to look you, you when you look at their body of work, you're like, damn, this this was this was amazing stuff that this person brought into our lives. And so I, I, I yeah, uh, amazing guy, amazing talent, amazing producer. Um, his work will live on and on because I guarantee people are probably right now, if they haven't already, they're going to go out to Hulu or Amazon Prime or whatever 
and stream episodes of Dick Van Dyke, you know, right? Because Dick Van Dyke was it was it was a very good show, man. And out of that show, uh, I think Dick Van Dyke, um, you know, sort of you know started Mary Tyler Moore on her way, right? Because her show hadn't come yet. So Dick Van Dyke launched Mary Tyler Moore. So Carl Reiner gave Mary Tyler Moore that opportunity to be on that show, and from there her career took off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Morway Amsterdam was already he was already big time. Um, what was her name? Um, the other actress that played opposite Morway Amsterdam. Uh, oh gosh. She played Sally. Yeah, her name was Sally. Yeah, she was Sally. Yeah, yeah. But um, uh, they, they were already established, so for the most part. Uh, but Mary Tyler Moore's career, um, you know, got launched, I think, from Dick Van Dyke. And then she went on to do you had her own show. And uh, that was an influential show because it was the first time a woman was the lead character on her own in a big city doing her thing. And so um, Carl Reiner was a visionary and uh, I legendary. That's all you can say, man. Legendary, legendary. Yeah. How about yourself? Yeah, I, I always re- remember him on Dick Van Dyke as being Alan Brady. Yep. And they always he always could make fun of himself because he he, he had no hair, but he wore a toupee. Right. <laughs> and and Rob and Laura Petrie always tried to make fun of his hair, you know. Yep. And there were times that he would have a toupee on, and he would he would. Say, oh, you're looking at my hair, right? You know, no, we're not looking. They're looking right at his hair, you know. And so, um, he was the he wasn't the head person, the main star, but he always put himself in a supporting role. Yeah, I think, and even with him and Mel Brooks when they did their, uh, uh, I think they did an album together. Yep. I can't think of the name of the album. Uh, t- uh, what was it? Two thousand. Two thousand. Yeah, two thousand. Uh, it was something of the two thousand something. I can't remember yeah. what. That but yeah, album, they did that comedy album together. Yeah. You know, won a Grammy. They they worked yep. well together, and of course, you know, Carl Reiner brought his kids up through it, and Rob yep. Reiner yep. followed in his dad's footsteps and became, uh, you know, pretty famous himself for. Playing in um, um, All in the Family, yeah. which was Norman Lear. Norman Lear yeah. was one of their good buddies as well. They all kind of yeah. came up at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Rob Reiner is also, you know, a famous actor, producer, and an activist. And so, yeah, Carl Reiner will definitely be missed. Uh, his his comedic genius is still out there. Yeah. Uh, Lynn and I watch Dick Van Dyke weekly. Because it comes on here locally in Indianapolis. Okay. You know, Dick Van Dyke, uh, Andy Griffith, all those shows are on um, just the regular, not cable channels, but, you know, the channels that are right. Right. put out there through the air, you know. Right, right. Yeah, so local and, channels. Right. And a lot of those shows, man, they were good, wholesome programs. Good, yeah. wholesome programs, man. The whole family could sit and watch those shows. And so when, you know, Carl Reiner, uh, Norman Lear, uh, all those guys, man, who who produced a lot of those shows we grew up watching in the 70s. I mean, they, they're, their work's going to stand, man. Yeah. Stand the test of time. And sure. uh, we could circle back. Uh, Rosemary. 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 Gotcha. <laughs> yep. Yep. Rosemary. 
that's Carl Reiner. The next person is um, a TV news person who we lost uh, a couple days ago, and that's Hugh Downs. Uh, Hugh Downs was um, uh, the, the anchor slash the uh, news reporter for ABC News for many, many years. And he eventually started a show called 2020 in which he was able to bring a female onto this newsletter show, news broadcast. And 2010, 2020 was born with he and Barbara Waters. And uh, they did a great job. He had a long, long career of being on ABC News. And, uh, you know, everybody had his own little um, sign-off. And uh, with 2020, which he and Barbara Walters uh, did, was he also would say, we're in touch, so you be in touch, yeah. was their sign-offs for 2020 all the time. So, yep. yeah, he was he was um, ABC News, which came on the scene late. Mm-hmm. He had NBC and CBS, and ABC News you know, sort of came on as a ABC kind of came on as a sports channel and then it got into the news part of it and um, it it became uh, one of the, the top top news broadcast uh, shows in, in, in the world. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I remember uh, as a kid uh, watching Concentration. That uh, Hugh <laughs> yeah. was the host. Yep. And uh, that was a fun game, man. <laughs> that was a fun game. You know, to match the numbers on the board and they'd reveal a piece of this puzzle and everything. Right. right. It was really cool, man. And uh, again, another TV legend, man. Um, again, you, when you, you, you when folks throw the word around legend, you know, and people say, ah, oh, man, they're a legend. Well, you got to look at their entire body, body of work. Yeah. What's their entire body of work? And the two gentlemen that we've mentioned, legend is appropriate for both of the uh, both of the bodies of work uh, that these two gentlemen have left uh, for us to enjoy, remember, um, and uh, you, you can't understate that. Legends, legends. Yep, yep. That's for sure. That's for sure. And we're going to segue into another loss today in which a lot of people don't uh, don't know of. But um, that is um, a lady uh, by the name of Shahraj Khan. And Shahraj Khan was um, the choreographer of Bollywood. Legendary. Bollywood is India's version of Hollywood, and it's significant because they produce more movies than any movie production company in the world. They turn movies out, and she choreographed the majority of their um, dance scenes. And in most, if you've watched any uh, Indian music, Bollywood, uh, musicals and so on, then you'll see that her influence of choreography is definitely there, definitely there at at, at all at all levels. And so she was 71 when she she was lost uh, today. So you know, with that, um, 
a lot of and some of the Bollywood stuff comes to Hollywood. Uh, I can think of. Um, did you ever see the movie Inside Man? I did with Denzel. Denzel. It was produced, yeah. produced yeah. and directed by Spike Lee. Yep. Well, the opening song in there, Chaya Chaya. Yes. Man, that's one of my favorite tunes. Okay, okay. Oh, man, I listen to that all the time. And that's, that came directly from uh, uh, Bollywood, it's Indian music, that you can you can do anything you want to it, man. So I listen to that all the time. And hell, even my kids growing up would listen to it, and they would know the song because it was the, the main theme at the end of the movie of uh, Inside Man. Okay, okay. And so I've, I've got probably six or seven uh, Bollywood songs on in my playlist. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. You have to you have to text me a few of those. I'm okay. always looking to add some some new stuff to the to the library. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I don't I don't speak uh Hindu or, or or anything like that, but I can I know the, I know the songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely man. That's yeah. awesome. That is yeah. awesome. But just tells you what a small world it is. And that, uh, you know, it, people have a lot to contribute, man. That That's what this tells you, man, that people people from all walks of the human experience, man, they have a lot to contribute, man, to, right. to the world. And, and we, for whatever reason, man, we can't figure that out as to why we want to divide, pit people against each other, demean people. Why? I mean, there's people have so much to bring to the world experience, man. So much. And so, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. Send me some of those, man. I like 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 to check them out. OK. And okay. Add You'll, like them. So, You'll like them. So you'll like them. Yeah. Um, I want to segue. We, we talked about people passing, but I want to mention uh, a birthday, if you don't mind. <laughs> Go ahead, man. Yesterday, yesterday, July the 4th, on July the 4th, 1943, Fred Wesley was born. All <laughs> <laughs> right. Fred. Fred, Fred Wesley, uh, James Brown, a big time trombonist who played on a lot of James Brown's hits and also was part of the group. The JBs uh, was born uh, July the 4th, 1943. So I want to say happy birthday to Fred. James, let's come on. Fred. (laughs) Fred had his own. He had his own albums. Fred Fred had his own thing. He and uh, he and Maceo, uh, those, you know, James always used to call out Fred, Fred. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So Fred Wesley, uh, yesterday, born on the 4th of July. All right. All right. Happy birthday, Fred Wesley. Yeah. Yeah. So what you got next, my friend? Uh, we're going to segue from Bollywood to Hollywood. To Hollywood. Okay. And, you know, it's summertime. It's It's been in the 90s for a couple of uh, days now in Indianapolis, and it's going to be in the 90s for the next probably week and a half or so here. So in talking about Bollywood, we also want to mention the fact that what do people do for entertainment? What do we do growing up for entertainment? What movies did we go to? What were some of the Hollywood blockbusters? What were some of our favorite movies that we uh, grew up to? Let's talk. Oh, wow. Let's talk about that. We're going to change a little bit. We're going to be a little bit lighthearted here, and uh, just talk about talk about some of our favorite movies, our favorite scenes, our favorite actors or directors, uh, because it's it's starting right now. It's it's summertime. Yes. Now, 
COVID-19 has kind of changed everything. And some people have gotten smart enough to say, hey, we're not going to be able to have people in the movie. So let's introduce these things. Let's put them out on Netflix or let's put them out on on Hulu. So they're using the streaming platforms to give people those same summer blockbusters, except people can't go out and get them. Right, right, right. Go to them in the movie theaters, and you know, buy their popcorn and juju fruit, and <laughs> you know, and all that, all that stuff, Coca Cola products, and you know, all that bad stuff that's that you love to eat. Enjoy. Right, right, right. Yeah. What was what were what were uh, some of your thoughts oh, and wow. favorite movies uh, kind of coming up? If there's any particular wow. that you can well, think of. Yeah, I th- I think one. I've I've got a I've got a couple summer summer theme type movies. Uh, I think one one that comes readily to mind. Um, watched it at the state theater <laughs> growing up, and that was Car Wash. Okay. And the thing about that movie was, man, everybody wanted to go work in a car wash. <laughs> After watching that movie, everybody wanted to go work in a car wash, but you had. A tremendous cast in that movie. You had Bill Duke, uh, you had Ivan Dixon, yep. you had Franklin Ajay, uh, Antonio Fargus. I mean, huge talents, man, that right. went on to do some tremendous things outside of that movie. Mm-hmm. And then you had a banging soundtrack by Rolls Royce that just set it off, man. But that movie, just like, it was fun. And it's like, who thought you could have so much fun working in a car wash? Working in a car wash. They had a little drama, too. Yeah, they had some drama. Uh, (laughs) But overall, man, that was just a fun movie. And I've got the DVD. So sometimes, man, I'll just be like Friday night or Saturday night. You know what? I throw car wash in, man. And it takes me back. Back to that time, man, where it's like, yeah, this was fun, man. Let's go work in a car wash. And so I think at the time, man. There was a car wash out there on uh, Dixie Avenue that had just opened up right out there across the McDonald's. They're on Dixie. Right. There was a car wash that opened up right when that movie came out. So everybody's like, yeah, let's go work at that car wash, <laughs> you know, and that, I mean, that it just transported you there, man. So that that's one that comes to mind. Uh, another one that comes to mind, that, that was the time of the black exploitation movies. They were all over the place. And so you had, I think one of one of the ones that comes to mind for me, you had um, uh, the the coffee, the Pam Greer movies, you know, <laughs> Coffee, Foxy Brown. Don't those go movies. there. Don't go there. <laughs> yeah, don't go there. Yeah, Pam Greer. I think Pam Greer was was all our like, oh man, Pam Greer is so fine, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of those movies, the the Superflies and the Shafts, all those man, you know, mm-hmm. summertime flicks. As I got older and, you know, you're out on your own, you're doing your thing. Uh, another funny movie that that was a summertime thing was I'm going to get you sucker. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was hilarious. Keenan Ivory Wayans. I mean, that movie is hilarious, man. Just <laughs> funny as hell, you know, and can't forget uh, probably one of the top summertime movies is Do the Right Thing. And yeah. uh you know, enough said. I don't, you you can't say do the right thing speaks for itself. A uh, lot of good good things in that movie that ring true right today, man. Uh, that that Spike put on the screen, and uh, uh, those those are some of the ones that right off the top of my head come come to me that 
that I remember and, and reminisce about from time to time. Okay. Okay. How about those yourself? Were, those were good errors. I tell you the first one that, that, um, that I would always think about is Jaws. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and the reason, the reason that I'll say Jaws right off the top of my head is that it was uh, released in the summer of 1975. Yeah. Uh, May or June of 75. And then in August of 75 is when I went into the Coast Guard. <laughs> so everybody was afraid of the water, you know, of course, because of, you know, Jaws and so on. And every place you went, everybody thought that, you know, you know, these sharks are going to attack you and so on. Well, the thing that makes me laugh about Jaws is the fact that it made the Coast Guard look like chumps, number one, in the movie. You know, when the, the two kids are, yeah. you know, swimming with the fake fin, you know, and then the guys in the... Coast Guard guys are pointing guns at them, whatever. That was all fake. I said, man, they wouldn't do that. That's that's stupid. <laughs> so that was um, uh, a major part of that. And the other thing with uh, with Jaws is that uh, we were, I was on board a ship, um, and it went to um, Virginia for training for a month. And on our way back, the captain of our ship decided that we were going to stop off the Bahamas and because we had a month of hard training, man. And he was going to stop off the coast of the Bahamas and just have, a, you know, just an easy, easy day, swim call or whatever, you know. Right. And so we, you know, stopped out there and, and I said, man, I am not getting my ass in that water because <laughs> there's sharks in that water. And so what they do is that they'll put um, guys on parts of the ship, the, the, the uh, front of the ship, the rear of the ship, and either sides. And they had M16s, and they had a, we had a flight deck, and we had people with guns on top of the flight decks. And then we had a small boat that was out between the people swimming and the ship. Okay. And so, man— uh, I said, I am not getting my ass in that water. I am not going to get, and everybody was diving off the top of the ship and having a good time. And I said, I am not going to, all right, I'm going. <laughs> yeah, there were people out there, man, that couldn't swim. They were just Whoa. hanging out because the water was just warm. They were in, in um, life preservers and okay. life rings and stuff like that. So I got on the front of the ship and just did a swan dive off, man. Boom! And was swimming, you know, hanging around, you know. And then after about five or six minutes of that, there's a guy from Louisville. His last name was Weber. No, Weaver. Like in Dennis Weaver. Yeah. And he was like the he was like a class clown, you know. And so I'm swimming out there, having a good time, diving off and swinging off ropes and stuff. And Weaver goes, Hey man, there's a shark. I'm like, man, get the hell out of here. No, man, there's a shark. I'm not kidding you. There's a shark. Oh, man, Weaver, stop playing, man. Stop playing. No, no, there's a shark. And then suddenly you hear boom, 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 boom. Those M16 starts going off. And you should have seen people getting the hell out of that water. (laughs) (laughs) I kid you not. The guy that couldn't swim. Yeah. He was in a he's in a life ring, man, and he was paddling his ass off to get back on board that ship. And so 
we get back on board the ship and <laughs> and we took a, a big hook and a chain and threw it and a ham hock. Wow. Threw it over and that shark came up and, and took that thing and we hosted it, hoisted that shark's ass back on board that ship. It was like a six foot white tip shark. Wow. We had a couple of Filipino cooks. That night we had shark steaks. Cook it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Jaws is that I know I kind of went off there, but Jaws was was that one movie that made everybody afraid of the water. Yeah, yeah. The other movie, summer movie that I can think of all the time was going out to the drive-in at in Fort Knox. Yeah, with and the Starlight Drive-in. Not the Starlight. <laughs> I think the other... name the I can't I can't think of the name of oh. the drive-in in Fort Knox. Yeah, uh, you're talking yeah, you're talking about the one on your way into Radcliffe. Yeah, on the way into Radcliffe. Yeah, I, can't I can't remember the, the name, name of, of that one. Yeah, that one. <laughs> but we went there and we went to see Chinese Connection. Oh, yes. Bruce Lee, me and Curtis Wright and Curtis Bradley. I had my nephew up here from uh, Florida. And I bet you there, I was in my dad's big 1966 Park Lane Mercury, and you can get a thousand people in it. <laughs> <laughs> and we we put everybody in the trunk and hid behind the seats and went into the movie and watched the uh, Chinese Connection. You know, so that was when Bruce Lee was just being big, you know, and so everybody yep, yep. was doing the Bruce Lee thing and doing nunchucks and so yeah, on. Yeah. And it was amazing that one little guy can whip everybody's ass, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, throw people all around the room and everybody wanted to do martial arts at that time. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you remember uh, Mike Payne? Yes. You know, Mike Payne was working on his black belt or something yep. like that because he was big into karate and stuff like that. And, you know, he was going, oh, it's just bullshit, man. It's just bullshit. And I'm like, man, that's Bruce Lee. <laughs> and so, uh, Jaws um, and Chinese Connection were, were big. And then I, I throw one more out there as one of those uh, summertime uh, blockbusters. And that was uh, Crash. This is a little bit later. Yes, yes. Yep. And uh, Crash was to me it won the best picture i forget what which year but crash was should be going on right now they should be replaying that right now because it lets everybody see their own prejudices yep you know and you'll see the good and the evil in people because of how should i say because of perceptions about this culture yep you know so you have white black asian hispanics and it's all then they all clash and crash together so that's one of those top movies that i um would suggest that any anybody and everybody should watch especially uh in today's world absolutely absolutely yeah, yeah absolutely those are some great films great films yeah. yeah, you got me thinking. I might go watch Crash after the broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a bunch out there, man. There's, wow, there's, yeah, there was. Yeah, so many. Wow, man, as a kid, I gosh, how many movies we watched down at the State Theater oh, in the summertime? Man. 
you know, you'd, you'd get 50 cents or whatever to go to the movie. And, you know, you stay down there all day, watch the movie two or three times. and Cartoons in between. Yeah, cartoons in between. And Maybe you just have a fun shows. day, man. Whole day at the, yeah, at the yeah. theater, you know. So, absolutely. Yeah, that was great, man. That is a good thing to... Uh, to uh, finish up with uh, for tonight, um, I do have one more story I'd like to throw out okay. before we wrap up tonight, and uh, that concerns uh, deals with uh, Maya Moore. And uh, those of you who may be listening to the broadcast who don't know who Maya Moore is, Maya Moore is a WNBA superstar. I mean, superstar, and she pretty much set out the 2019 season. Because she was going to use her platform to fight for the rights of a gentleman named Jonathan Irons. He was convicted uh, at the age of 16 for burglary and assault. She felt he was wrongly convicted. He was tried as an adult by an all-white jury in St. Louis. And so she felt, you know what, I need to use my platform. This guy was looking at what went on. They found uh, there was no witnesses. Um, supposedly the individuals, he was the, the crime was a burglary and assault. They had no witnesses, no fingerprints, nothing that tied him to the crime. But he was convicted uh, at the age of 16, tried as an adult, convicted by an all-white jury. And she you know, wanted to take this up and use her platform to try to free this guy. And so she set out the whole 2019 season. And here just recently, I think a few days ago, he's, his conviction was overturned by the court. And he walked out of prison a free man at the age of 39. Mm. So um, she utilized her platform, her activism, her voice. Uh, she felt, you know what, hey, I can do something to you know help people who have been wrongly um, you know, convicted by the criminal justice system. So she did that. And I think she's put out, she's going to set out this year as well, even though it's a shortened season, uh, she's going to set out this season as well. But this story has not gotten a lot of, um, um, airplay might not be the right word, but it hasn't gotten a lot of traction. And I think part of the reason is, is because she's a female athlete. She's not Colin Kaepernick. Uh, she's not LeBron, even though her platform is as big because of who she is in the world of, of women's basketball. But I don't think her story and what she's done has gotten the traction it truly deserves. And I think a lot of it's because she's a female athlete. Mm -hmm. um, and so but I applaud her efforts and what she did to help this man get his life back. And so I think more needs to be said about you know, what she's done, what she's doing, how she's using her platform, because we, we give that to male athletes that are doing, we give that publicity to LeBron. Kaepernick's out there doing his thing, you know, but she too sacrificed her career. She's in, she was in her prime when she set out that season um, to sacrifice her career to fight for this guy. She was in her prime. And so um, stories like that need to be covered. They, equal coverage, uh, needs to be applied. And uh, I think this one just didn't get what it deserved because she's a female athlete. Yep. And, and there's a lot of other things that's going on in the country right now. And the biggest thing is that we're going to push women's rights and women's uh, issues to the side yep. uh, as well. Uh, because right now, the, the world's looking at COVID-19, presidential election, elections throughout the, the 
the country, uh, election uh, fraud, um, uh, elections, and, and, and just the Russians putting bounties on Americans' heads, yeah. and all those things are going on. And, yeah. you know, getting another black man out of prison may not be a lot of people's, a lot of people's uh, reading list or uh, interest list. Yeah. And yeah. so, and she's a female um, athlete as well, playing in a, uh, that WNBA, which doesn't get the same uh, press as the NBA. So, you know, she's kind of kicked to the curb because of the situation the chaos that's going on yep. around the rest yep. of the country, Black Lives Matter, yep. you know, and, and all that, all those things that are happening right now. So yep. Yep. it yep. doesn't, it doesn't, and we should not take away from her sacrificing her season to help get this person out uh, yep. of jail and and spending her time and her efforts and her uh, finances to help uh, liberate this individual yeah, uh, yeah. but you just need to um, take into account that she's done something that's big and done something that's positive for one individual that spent time in jail who um, was not uh, supposed to be there right. and how many and how many times have we seen that before Absolutely. That somebody spends yeah. you know 20 30 years in jail and they did not really commit the crimes right right yeah, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Uh, this guy was 16 when he went in. He's 39 now, so I mean, a big portion of his life was taken away from him, and the, his sentence was originally 50 years. I mean, you're sentenced to 50 years in prison, but there's nothing that ties you with the crime. Nothing, nothing. And I, you know, that's the kind of crap, man, that pisses you off when you know that. There's a criminal justice system for those who are privileged and for those who are not. And uh, luckily, he had an advocate uh, in Maya Moore that was out there. She's like, I'm I'm not going to tolerate this. I'm going to use my platform for good. And if it means I got to sacrifice my career to do that, I'm going to do it because I think this is worth it. So Mm -hmm. I applaud that. Uh, Big, big, big props uh, to Maya Moore for her activism and doing what she did to free Mr. Irons. Yep, yep, yep. Yes, sir. Uh, is there anything else that we want to hit on lightly before we uh, we move forward, my friend? Yeah, one last thing, and I, we, we, I think we had agreed before we came on the air we weren't going to talk about the current occupant uh, <laughs> at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, but oh, the, current, the current occupant has appointed another black officer— uh, and this black officer is going to be the superintendent of cadets at the Air Force Academy, black three star. And uh, I have mixed views about that. I'm all for uh, black folks doing well in the military, succeeding, uh, achieving the ranks that they've worked hard to achieve. But you have to wonder, with the appointment of the chief of staff, who was a four star billet, the, the academy superintendent is a three-star billet, and the vice superintendent at the academy is also black, Fulberg Colonel. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. So, uh, but that's not an appointment. That's a normal um, PCS rotation uh, for for this colonel. I don't think uh, I didn't hear that he was up for uh, appointment to one star. I didn't hear that that uh, he was a full bird. But you have to wonder: Is this an election year stunt by the current occupant, and is he trying to curry favor with black folk? By saying, look what I did for you, you know, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And we're supposed to fall for the okie doke. And, uh, <laughs> and and I, I say, no, you don't want to take away from the fact what these men have done in their career. But at the same time, you look at who is involved and it's like, dude, come on. This 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 reeks, man. This reeks of something else. And uh, so. That's that's how I feel about it. It's right here in my backyard. I live about 30 minutes from the Air Force Academy. Um, big props for that. I think it's 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 great that you have a a black general officer uh, in that role, highly visible, a high, highly visible position uh, because it is a service academy. And your second in command is also black. So that is tremendous. Yeah. But the fact that who's involved, <laughs> I, I'm just like. Dude, must you be so transparent that that uh, this this smells, man, and and why you're doing this? So that that's my view. Uh, that's that's yeah. my comment on that. So yeah. your take, if you have any comments. Well, I you know I asked Alex about about him. I said, do you know anything about this guy, um, Richard Clark? Yeah. And he goes, because uh, he you know I went through and looked at his his resume basically, and he was. You know, down at Barksdale for a while. As a matter of fact, he was down at Barksdale when Alex was doing his training, one part of his training at Barksdale. Right, right. I said, did you know him there? He goes, no, I didn't know him there, but uh, he saw him a few times when he was up at Minot. Yeah, yeah. And Alex was up there, uh, was stationed in Minot. And he goes, oh, yeah, he seems, I, f- I saw him a few times and he's at Minot. He was a uh, global strike commander. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a few years and says, seems like he's a nice guy, pretty good guy, you know, um, not, not his head wasn't too big, you know, it wasn't one of those guys, he seemed to be a, uh, a good guy, he goes, the only thing, he, <laughs> Alex said, the only thing that I didn't really trust about him is that he was a B-1 pilot, and those guys, they're, no. they, they're full of themselves, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he says, you know, the platform that I flew on, he goes, you know, we think that we're the real, the real Air Force, the yeah. real shit. Those B one yeah. guys are just, they're just flyby guys. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, that that's that's what his his thoughts were on that. But yeah, yeah he was uh, appointed that position, you know, by the current occupant. And as you say, I I I think there's a little stink eye belong belonging <laughs> in that as well. Um, but hey. And James Brown always said, you know, I don't want nobody to give me nothing. Yep. Just yep. open up the door. I get it myself. Well, yep. this door yep. just swung open yep. and he's got to make the best of it. Just like yep. uh, uh, the commandant at West Point. Yep. You yep. know, they got to make the best of it because, you know, as 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 um, uh, Sergeant said in, in the soldier story, you know, 
the guys in the lodge are are are, are shooting for you. The guys at the lodge are praying for you. Yeah, we're so, rooting you for know, you down at the lodge. We're rooting for you. That's right. <laughs> so you know, there's a lot of folks rooting for him because yeah, yeah, um, yeah. they do it right. Then that's yeah. going to give opportunities for other people to say, "Hey, you know, you you step into that position. You you have to do it." You know, right? right. And, 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 that, and that's go ahead. No, and and that's the thing, man. With 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 our community, you know, we we carry. If 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 a black person gets in a position of prominence, we carry that for the entire race. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, when when Obama was president, I mean, it's like, man, that's that's we we down with him, man. You know, because we know if he messes up. We're all going to be look like, man, these people don't know what the hell they're doing. Yeah. And we carry that. So yeah. we're There's all going to be another chance. To, you only right, get one right, chance. Right. We're, we're all we're, we're rooting for all these black men and women who are in prominent positions, whether it's a CEO, a general officer or whatever. We root for them because we know that if they succeed, then we are looked favorably upon as a group. That, you know, that, yeah, black people can lead and we can be successful. So we, we're, we yeah, we rooting for you down at the lodge and at the barber shop and at the cookout. We, we rooting for you, you know. So amen. Amen to that. Yep. Yep. That's for sure. Uh, one final thing here. Yes. One final thing. And we'll kind of close it out with this. What plans do you have for this fall? Is there anything down the pipeline that you can uh, tell us? What plans do you have for the fall? For the fall? Wow. You know, uh, I'm reaching really, out a little bit. Yeah, reaching out. We're reaching out a few months out, but it'll, it'll be here before we know it. I think the biggest thing I plan is voting. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. The biggest <laughs> thing is voting. And uh, so that that's on the agenda beyond that, man. Um, you know, I we don't know what's going to happen with covid, how travel is going to be affected. If you're going to be personally, I'm leery about getting on an airplane. Uh, so I, it's up in the air. But I know for sure I'll be voting. That's that's <laughs> one thing I know I will be voting. So yeah, I have a nephew how about yourself? Works, I have a, I have a nephew that works for. Uh, Delta Airlines, and he said, "Man, you guys have got to travel. <laughs> uh, the planes are the planes are clean. They're spraying them with every damn thing you can imagine. They're cleaning them with everything. Uh, <laughs> trust in the planes, you know. Besides, that's my job. <laughs> oh, I, I got to put yeah. a plug out there. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's that's a major thing for me. I plan on uh, maybe going to going to Philadelphia. Okay. Uh, for a wedding, I have a nephew. His brother is getting married." And uh, I think it's maybe Labor Day weekend, and okay. we have to decide whether we're going to fly up there or or drive. I think most of the family's going to go up there for it. Um, he's, uh, I think he's, uh, gosh, I think he's same age as Danielle. Okay. He's like 32. Okay. Uh, maybe 33. He may be a maybe a year and a half older than Alex, but he's getting married. Uh, he's an actor, thespian up in right, Philadelphia. Right. So uh, that, definitely plan on voting. Don't know what's going to happen with the NBA or yeah. football this fall. Yeah. 
Yeah, up in the air. So, yeah, that's all up in the air. I know they were racing out here at Indianapolis this uh, the past couple days. They had an IndyCar race yesterday. They had a Xfinity race, and then they had the Brickyard 400 today. So there were no um, spectators. They just ran the races, in which, you know, yeah. if you're in a car, you're just going to be concentrating on that anyway. So, right, right. you know, it's a lot different racing than it is you know you're not gonna be looking up in the stands going who was that i just went by yeah that didn't happen you know you're going 200 miles an hour you're not gonna see a face anyway so right right but yeah that's that's the fall for us and definitely as you said uh gonna get out there and and vote and hopefully we can get some new leadership around this country and maybe this leadership can bring us a little bit closer together man absolutely absolutely Yeah. yeah Yeah, we we need it. We need it bad. Need it bad, man. So, yeah. I think uh, I think that's you know the whole country. I think is is tired. You know, I think the country's tired. <laughs> tired know? of being tired. Tired of being tired. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. definitely get out and vote. And uh, we want to uh, you know before we sign off. Um, even though Mr. Booker lost uh, the racing in our old home state of Kentucky. Now, you know, Amy McGrath, uh, folks need to get out, get behind Amy McGrath and help her uh, get rid of Moscow Mitch. So he's got to go, too. Got to go. Got to go. Got to go. That is it, my friend. Okay, my friend. That's it. That's it. So, well, once again, if you're interested in uh, passing on our information about uh, Across Across the Tracks podcast, please do so. Uh, you can hit us up on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts or uh, Google Play. Uh, I think we may be trying to work on getting it on Spotify down the road. I haven't figured that out yet. Uh, that's some technical stuff that I'll have to do, but I'll try to get it there as well so that maybe we can broaden the audience a little bit. Yep, yep, yep. Yep, hit us up. Let us know what you think. And uh, I said we're an equal opportunity podcast, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so all views are welcome. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Uh, we also have a website. So check us out. Facebook page. Facebook. That's right. Facebook page. Facebook not a website. Page. Facebook yeah, page. Yeah. Page. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so many platforms out there, man. It's like, ooh, it's confusing at times. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Facebook page. Yeah. So hit Easy us up. Easy to get along with. Oh, yeah. Hit us up. Let us know what you think. And uh, again, all views are welcome. So and uh, this will wrap up this episode of the Across the Tracks podcast and uh, wish you all a blessed week coming up. And uh, I am Wayne. I'm Steve. And we hope you had a wonderful uh, fourth weekend and take it easy this next week. And we'll catch you on the next time around. Chile Dopo. Sayonara.